podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Hello and welcome to Raw, the Fight Within podcast with me, Coogan Cassius. Absolutely ecstatic to have George Groves on this, who has started his own podcast as well, which we'll talk about in, in due course. But yeah, George, thank you very much for coming on mine. I thought there was going to be a little who's going to go and who's first, but yeah, I think I've won that. Probably the only victory I'll ever have over you. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I am very excited. Uh, this is where you you will always trump me. Is like you're like, hey, you're in Manchester. I'm mobile. Your your podcast is mobile. I'll be dragging you into a studio in Soho to try and grab our bit of chemistry, uh, a bit of back and forth. Um, and obviously with with De- Declan Taylor, who uh, co co hosts my podcast with me. So we're excited to get you on, because We want to hear about your story into boxing, uh, your niche market that's no longer niche. Uh, how you started. The uh, video, well, is it, what is it? Video journalism, video interviews yeah. set up. It was um, just a blag, basically, George. Isn't it? It's like a blag, isn't it? So. Well, I think that might be part of your success because you always came across as a boxing fan who managed to get into the places where he maybe didn't belong at times at the start because he had a camera and he was willing to ask questions and let fighters talk. So, as fighters, you know, as you know, we love to chat. So. Oh, I caught you in some of your most sensitive moments after fights. Uh, some not great for you, some better than others, but uh, yeah, it's good. But I think with you as well, um, you're one of like, not just a select few people, but there's like there's a core of boxers from from the UK that basically have never, ever refused an interview, even in times where you didn't really want to talk. Um, you've always kind of ticked that box, so yeah. Good, yeah. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> There's my compliment here. Um, right, so I'm going to ease you in gently and then we'll see how this this goes. I'm quite curious to some of your answers to these, actually, George. Um, very easy. Your first ever memories of boxing, period? Uh, actual boxing would be um, going to the Dell Youth Amateur Boxing Club, which is situated in Notting Hill in West London. Uh, it was in a converted morgue. Um, so it was, a, it was a freestanding building next to... Um, the Dale, uh, it's called uh, Dale Youth, and what was that? Ava Dale, Ava, oh, I can't think of the name now. The park next door, we were there going into this gym. It wasn't that big, it was, um, you know, packed to the rafters with, with hard kids, you know, um, travellers, you know. And I didn't know what a traveller was. I remember my dad saying, uh, the travellers uh, at the gym, and I was like, well, what's a traveller? I was picturing, you know, like. Gypsies, like in in films, you know, I thought they were all, um, you know, yeah, I don't know what to expect, but um, it was a hard place to go, and you know, uh, a daunting place. I was quite a shy kid back then, and um, but it, you quickly realise that if you can fight a bit, everyone respects that, 
and uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, after a while, you make some friends, come out my shower a little bit, um, and yeah, just place place to to sink or swim. But if you're willing to, you can thrive. So it was, it was a nice place. Do you remember the first ever fight you went to? Yeah, so um, bo- boxing, amateur boxing. Um, I used to go out as a spare because I was I was a big big lad. I was, I was a feather. Uh, yeah, fifty-seven kilo at eleven. So uh, I was. They take me out on spares to shows because uh, just in case something would show up. So I can't remember the exact first one, but my first amateur bout was it was going out as a spare, and then I boxed another lad from somewhere. Um, one, but yeah, that's pretty good. Do you, do you remember the first pro show you ever went to watch? Yeah, so I used to I used to before boxing I used to kickbox. So I used to go to the the. Um, the kickboxing pro shows, and I used to fight on them as well. So that gave me like that mm. that 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 gist of the, the sort of the glitz and glamour and of the of the you know the professional sort of side of combat sport. Um, but the, probably the first pro show I went to, I was I was a grown up um, when I was looking to turn professional myself. Um, went to a Mick Hennessy show at the All Call. Um, again. I can't remember his main event. I think Steve O'Meara might have been boxing mm. on that card. Steve had come from the Dale, so and I think he was signed with Penisi at the time. Yeah. So I probably went to support him and then get a just hopefully meet meet Mick. Be like, oh look, hello Mick. You know, I'm George. I've just won an ABA title, one term pro, that sort of thing. I remember the first fight that I saw you in live was when I went to watch David Hay against John Ruiz. Yeah. And you fought Charles Adamu on the undercard. Mm-hmm. Which would have been about maybe fourteen years ago, maybe longer actually, fifteen years ago. Two thousand eight, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, two thousand ten. Sorry, I turned pro two thousand eight. So he boxed Monty Barrett. Then a year later, he boxed uh, Valuev in two thousand nine. Then uh, Ruiz would have been like April twenty ten. Yeah. April twenty ten, Manchester, where we are today, yeah, Manchester absolutely. Arena. So. Training alongside uh, David Hay, both uh, managed and trained and sort of promoted by Adam Booth, uh, and I actually ended up chief support for that uh, card, which I was over the moon with. A Commonwealth title fight after about nothing was my ninth fight. That was uh, Charles Adamo, who had you know forty one. Yeah, he's been he's been he's been about he's been beat, um, but he had um, don't even he probably had the Commonwealth title. I don't think it was vacant. Um, so yeah, brought him over here. Good fight with him. Uh, won that, stopped him, and then yeah, I thought like, oh, I'm about to take off now. Um, definitely riding in the slipstream of David Hay, who at this time is a heavyweight world champion from Britain, pay per view star, mm. uh, biggest name in, in British boxing at that point. This is like obviously before the Anthony Joshua's, uh, before Tyson Fury had gone to Germany and beat, and beat Klitschko. So. Yeah, it was a really good time. Mm. Who was the first fighter that you ever, not kind of got you into boxing, but everyone's always got one. I always repeat myself on this podcast to everyone. Like, and it's different for me because you actually made a career out of punching people in the face. I was just a fan. But the f- person that got me into watching boxing was Prince Nassim Hamid. But for mm. yourself, like, was there someone when you were a boy that, you, that was the first person you kind of took notice of as a fighter? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the Rocky movies, like, as, as as cringe as it is, and you'd hide from it for for a long time, but now I watched the Rocky movies when I was seven, and then I wanted to box, I think I was too young, 
or Leicester's what my dad told me. So we went kickboxing. I said we did kickboxing for a few years and then still always wanted to box. Um, I'd sporadically seen some boxing. I remember watching Nigel Benn versus uh, Gerald McLennan and then after that it was like Yanaz and, and a few others. Um, my dad was a bit of a boxing fan, so we'd, we'd have boxing on, but we never had Sky on, I think, so didn't watch an awful lot of pro boxing. And then when I started amateur boxing, my boxing idols were short, 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 short goal people. You know, it was like, I used to look up to the the other lads who had won sort of schoolboy titles and then senior ABA titles. Um Amateur, we went, we went to Vegas one year and uh, we met Mike Tyson briefly, uh, which was cool. Obviously, this is around the time he was maybe on the comeback. Uh, Lennox Lewis was probably the great champion, so in 2002, maybe 2001. So, uh, yeah, no, no, no real idols, no, no one who I knew, no boxers in the family. Um, so at an age, it was Hollywood. Um, always interested in this next one. Um, have you ever thought about if you weren't in boxing at whatever capacity, predominantly a fighter, but and obviously you're doing this, this stuff with your punditry and podcast now, but if you weren't in boxing, do you have an inkling of what you'd be doing now? Mm, uh, don't know. Uh... I was pretty. I was a pretty driven kid. Like I, I think I would have. Um, I think I would have figured something else out. Um, I really liked sport. I really liked um, maths and stuff like that. You know, you like to think that you know if it wasn't boxing, I'd just, uh, been an arsehole and tried to go work in the city or something like that. Uh, I would have definitely have um, still pushed on to be some sort of success. But measuring what success is when you're a kid is kind of kind of difficult um, do you think it would have been in sport though do you think I, 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 I love sport and then I took to boxing and I was really good at it you know whether I would have been a good enough athlete anything else I'm not sure of because you know, I'm not I'm the size I am you know I'm, if I was if I was six foot four I might have been a bit bit more uh, took my hand to something else I wasn't the, the fastest flat speed in terms of running and stuff like that so uh, everything else might have been sort of a bit of a club level, um, but you you never know. You never know. Boxing always always fit, and I remember uh, just it always being it. Always thinking that I was I was pretty pretty talented at it, but also really uh, really wanting to to put in the work, like to be be the best uh, hardest working athlete as well so um, sometimes I feel like that takes away from people de- describing you as you know, being a good fighter or like talented mm-hmm. fighter you know so, oh, he just he just works hard but um, really obviously there's always a combination of both so uh, but but boxing I think, I think it always would have would have been boxing and even now when I think back like I, I don't think there's there's not a sport that I would have rather, if I could pick, to be the, you know, the, to reach the, the best in the world status. As it, it would always be boxing. Like I think, boxing's the one that I would, I would like to have been the best at. When you was a kid, do you remember outside of any kind of boxing environment? Do you remember the first ever 
fight you got, in, got into, like, or serious, whether it's an altercation, argument, whatever, something that sticks in your brain outside of the gym. Yeah, I I had a couple of fights in, like, primary school. Um, but I would back myself, you know. Um, I remember there was one kid, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he used to go to the kickboxing gym, but he was a year older than me and he was a big lad, big, big, big boy. Um, and I just thought, I backed myself. Like, I should I should have piped down. It was, I think it was, like, say, like, year five versus year six football. Uh, and he was rearing up. And I was like, no, nah, fuck this, I'm going to go for it. Right? Um, and I don't know what I was thinking and what I was hoping for. Um, and, yeah, I remember he, he, he cracked me with something. He had, a, like, a big sovereign ring on. And there was like, not a split, but there was like a little cut going down the top of my head. Um, and I was, I was, I used to get enraged. So I'd, I'd cry out of, out of anger. Um, and that, that was, that's happened quite a lot as a kid. Uh, I suppose not being able to control your emotions. Um, but I remember thinking, oh, I'll get him a kickboxing like Tuesday. I don't know what day it was. It might have been that evening. Oh, I'll get him later. Fucking I'll do him. Like, uh, but yeah, and most of the time when I had a fight, not in the boxing ring, probably like fifty-fifty, how it goes, whether if I come out on top or not. Uh, so I, 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 and rarely would I fight. Really, was rarely. you an Aggie kid? Right. Uh, I think I was not really like once I found my confidence in like year eight, so like twelve, thirteen. Once I found my confidence, I was probably quite obnoxious, like to to the kids who weren't my mates. You know, uh, that was how I sort of found my uh, comfort zone was like just taking a piss all the time just taking a piss which I suppose shows a little bit about how I got how I got on in the boxing world later on but yeah sometimes I look back and go oh man you're just a bit of a prick man you didn't need to be like that. it would be better to be friends with everyone rather than just wind everyone up um, but not like trying to pick a fight as such like, I was never really interested in fighting I didn't have one fight at school like secondary school when I got there because it was like well if someone wants to have a fight with me I'm ready to go but I was for the first few years I'd be quiet with it like I'm not not flash with it boxing and then once they find out you can you can fight then no one really wants to have a fight with you anyway so it was alright talk to me about a time in your life where you felt you were fighting a losing battle not specific to boxing it doesn't have to be just a point in your life where you felt you were you were fighting a losing battle. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it can refer to boxing. I was just yeah, yeah. No, I can't think of anything off the off the top of my head. Um, most things that I that I, that I wanted to get in life, I, I managed to get. And, um, apply myself and then I was very good at like sort of deciding no uh, so you know I finished, I finished school with, with enough enough qualifications to go and do a, a college course I had pretty much no interest in I wanted to be a professional fighter um, my mum and dad were pretty um, happy with me to um, be focused solely on boxing you know, there was never they weren't the parents who would be on my case for academics and stuff like that. You know, they 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 didn't go to university and stuff like that. They it's not not who we are. So um, yeah, that, that never felt like a losing battle, even though 
it's because I didn't really apply myself. Um, I remember, I suppose, um, trying to qualify for the 2008 Olympics, that was probably the first time I experienced um, that, where uh, I was part of the, it would just become the, the GB team, rather like Great Britain boxing team, rather than the amateur ABA, which was England. Um, James DeGale was the number one, and I'd beat him in the ABAs, but that would necessarily mean you shouldn't jump his spot, but... I was put in this um, development team for 2012. That's probably like 2006. And then there was a, 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 a... I can't remember what they called the first team, but there was a first team that, that went in. Them guys were preparing basically for qualifiers for the 2008 games. Um, and guys in my development team were, were actually jumping up because usually it went off the back of them having a reasonable amount of form, but the guy in front of them not doing so well. So... Uh, Billy Joe Saunders was in because 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 all the ones that were my age or younger were in our team, but he got elevated to sort of top team. Kalia Fai went up. Um, there might have been some others. Can't think now. But uh, the girl was doing okay. You know, he wasn't doing horrendous. So probably averaging like a fifty-fifty thing, and uh, I wasn't quite nailing it. I definitely wasn't doing great uh, enough to sort of even just be up there with him. So that was quite frustrating. That was tough. That was the first time where um, it's my path. Like, it felt like it was my destiny. You know, I was a successful kid, you know, amateur boxer. I'd won four schoolboy titles, unbeaten. Uh, I'd gone away for England. I'd captained England. I'd won bronze medals in, in European championships, stuff like that. And that felt like a major disappointment. You know, I wanted to win everything and not get beat. So to get to that point where I was like, well, well doesn't matter. Sometimes your aim will go your way, but I'll win. Uh, I'll win a qualifier for two thousand eight. I'll go. I'll perform. You know, I'll win gold uh, and then come back. I'll be twenty years old and then we can start about our pro career and take over the world. Um, and then once I didn't get selected, um, James went. James qualified, and. Uh, Obviously, James went on one gold, so I couldn't exactly say you picked the wrong man. And, um, yeah, that was probably the first time where it was out of my hands. It felt like, and that was, that was pretty tough to take. Away from boxing, obviously you're retired now, but away from boxing, what what were or are the everyday battles of your life like outside of boxing? Or what were they if you had them while you were fighting, like away from the ring? What was George Groves' everyday battles when he got up in the morning to when he went to bed at night? Uh, I don't know, man. Nothing really like. I mean, I'm going to make for the spiciest podcast. Give me some uh, some options if I might be able to pick one. Maybe my brains is not flying, but I actually lived and breathed boxing, so everything revolved around boxing. Boxing came mm. first, you know. Um, I remember talking with Scott Quigg recently, and uh, he might have been a level up from me in terms of his how fanatic he is about boxing in terms of trying to get the very best out of himself and dedicating himself to the sport. So, yeah, for me too, it was that was that was the case, you know. I, I never missed gym, never missed a never missed a session. Um, you know, I was first one in, last one out. That's just, you know, that's what everyone says, but pretty much what I was um, at the Dale Youth. I, I there wasn't. I was never ill, never missed. 
squad training will come up and then when we first started squad training training with England it could be in Sheffield, Manchester, Durham, uh any everywhere. Crystal Palace. Um and it didn't matter what I had on, it's like, well I can't miss squad training. Loads of kids used to miss squad training because I don't know, the birthday party or something else. I'll be like, don't get married at the weekend, mate, because if it falls on a <laughs> on a squad weekend, I'm not missing it. You know, uh, I would, you know, if a tournament came up, we ran away, missed, just missed nothing. It, bo- it was always boxing. Boxing always came first. Um, and yeah, sure. I mean, when you're older and that, you can look past that a little bit. But I think it probably served me really well to have that. Uh, as a kid, to just be nice oh, is is to be Wendell. Um, but what was the original question again? It was about the everyday like battles in your life. But battles, yeah. Because you you obviously is a retired fighter. You've been retired a little while now. So, are you telling me that your life is it's obviously less stressful now without kind of camps and going through that whole kind of process of being a professional fighter? But for yourself today. Are you telling me you get up and it's all like sunshine and rainbows? Well, I've got no, well, I've got no crisis of identity really. I mean, that that that's the first and foremost thing you you can have, and sometimes you do have that. I think mean, you just got to try and understand that. Um, Explain that to me. Well, you're the, you're the fighter. You 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 you're, you're the boxer. If someone describes me, it's uh, George George the boxer. You know, maybe not in not in our world in in, in the boxing world, but you know. I'm on the school run, it's like, oh, who's Teddy's dad? Oh, it's George, George the boxer. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what it is. And that's fine. And then now, you know, you do the school run, and so what are you doing today, George? They're like, nothing, man. Like, I'm going to go walk the dog. Like, and these guys are rushing off up the city and doing this and doing that. So... Do they expect you to say, I'm going to the gym, or, or something related to boxing? I don't know, I don't know. So that's, that, maybe not. Like, maybe they're, they're, Maybe it's refreshing for them to hear... I'm doing nothing. I'm on gardener's leave. Or maybe it's professional and say, I'm going, I'm going to work on myself today. What does that mean? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go, I'm going to eat something healthy. And then, and they're thinking, wow, man, like, that's fucking cool. Uh, so it, that's my insecurity by, by, um, by saying that. You know, you, when people are out of work or if you're a stay-at-home parent, you know, they, they sometimes, I've spoken with other people who have got that same sort of crisis where they feel like they, they, that's not a good enough answer, you know. But um, to be happy and content in this world, like Coogan, and uh, it takes a while, it takes some doing. Uh, sometimes it takes a bit, of, a bit of work and a bit of practice. But um, what I realised when I stopped boxing was like everything could calm down, everything could, everything could just get dialed down, you know, a notch or two. Uh, there's no rush no more. And when you're a fighter and you're an athlete, there's a ticking clock, you know, you, you're only around for so long. And every 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 decision you've got to make in the moment, but then you've got to live with, have I made that right decision? You know, uh, should I have taken that fight? Should I not? Do I need a rest? Do I not? The the minute day to day stuff is the training, the diet, the eating, the resting, the mm. that sort of thing. And then, and this has been going on since I was ten years old. As I say, I lived and breathed it every second. Twenty eight and oh as an amateur. You find me another twenty eight and oh amateur. And from kids, like 11 years old, boom. One force all boys out, I've never been beat, you know. Um, first time I got beat, I went to Texas, boxing the Junior Olympics. Um, boxed Bear Richardson, Nazim Richardson's son. And he beat me, because I boxed shit. And I was like, fucking hell. This, it was like the end. It was like the worst feeling ever. 
first time you lose, like it, it, it can, it softens you. Like uh, as in, the more you lose, the the easier it is to lose. But always took it personally. Always took it. Always took it. It was always devastating. Um, and yeah, you know. So now, as a as a retired fighter, you can just be like, it's not. It's not. I'm not kidding it. I'm not faking it. Like sometimes you will be like bit fed up but that's who I think that's pretty much normal not everything is 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 great but you're like well I've got to be I've got to be content that uh I don't want to I don't want to put the work in anymore like um took me a while to um to admit that sort of the fight had left me and I feel like that's the best expression for me right now is like the fight has left me um because that's that's not who I I can't I can't identify with someone who doesn't have any fight in them, you know. Uh, and in in the world we live in now, where you're supposed to be on it, you know, perfection, improve, fucking all day, every day. Uh, what's your growth mindset and all this stuff? And I, I can I can I can I can go out and do a motivational talk about that, but also I can say, uh, never give up, resilience, this fucking well titled fourth attempt. And then my story always finishes with. And then I quit. <laughs> and, then, and then I said, that's enough for me. I've had enough. I'm going to try something else now. Um, but that is like... But why do you look at it like that? Why, do, why don't you look at it like... Like you said, you, you said a few minutes ago that your career for yourself or whoever is on like a time span. So eventually it does come to an end regardless of whether you keep winning or losing your last fight or whatever it is. That point does come to an end. So... Why do you look at it as a as a quit, if you like, of not wanting to carry on like boxing? Oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like. I I say it for dramatic effect, oh, but right. like, I you know, um, and there will be times where you think, you know, oh, I've had, you know, how, how do I, how do I, how do I finish the story? You know, how do I, how do I complete the story? And then there's people out there that oh, they might never get to the end of their, you know, to their goal. They might never achieve it. Like, how do you tell them? Just keep going, keep man. Going. Uh, how do you rate it in? Well, I haven't got the answer. I haven't got. I haven't got the right answer for that yet. But no, I mean, boxing. You know, boxing served me well. I, 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 at times when I was fighting, I loved boxing. I hate boxing, um, but um, I can definitely like as more and more time goes on, I can look back fondly from boxing and be happy with it um, because. I I I got I got I got the most I could possibly got get out of it. I believe. Yeah. Do you remember the last time you felt like you were having to fight back tears? You seem a bit of an emotional person, to be honest. Mm. We don't always see this side of you. Um, no, no. Well, like um, I don't mean this side of you. I mean that side of you. Should I say? Yeah, like uh, no. There's to be. There's always an air of vulnerability about most fighters because it's an emotional sport. You've got you've got the physicality of it, you've got the me- mentality of it, how mental you know mentally draining and taxing and switched on. You've got to be a bit, and then the emotional factor as well. And emotion comes in because you're punching another human. Other humans trying to punch you. You can get hurt, even if you don't care. The people around you will will care about you getting hurt. So yeah, there's that bit. I mean. Um, I don't know if I'm like emotional. I mean, at times, 
it usually comes, usually there's nothing and then there'll be a lot and then nothing and then a lot. Uh, When's the last time you cried then? Uh, Maybe it was this morning. Yeah, no, 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 no. If I, it, it, I could, I could cry if I wanted to. Uh, usually, music helps me do that. No, I'll have, I'll have like my. Um, I get that with music. Yeah. Yeah, I get that with music. Listening to music just for no reason. Nothing could be like a good day or whatever. But yeah, music yeah, yeah, is a trigger point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like a. It's just a filtration, isn't it? It's just a, it's just a cleansing. I'm crying, I got nothing against crying. Uh, I mean, the time and the place and within reason. But uh, yeah, if sometimes sometimes it will come on organically, sometimes not. I haven't cried in a while, but I could cry. I don't have a problem with crying. It it'll usually be self-inflicted, as I say. If I go go for a run in the dark with some music on, that's nice. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I I I never cried a lot during um, my career, but. Um, yeah, when you start making weight, um, fuck who's like you, uh, whatever it is, uh, hormone or some sort of something or other that uh, makes you a little bit more emotional. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Where does your, uh, where does your fight spirit come from? Where does that originate from? Does it come from your dad or does it come from something you've developed? But you, I mean, from a mental aspect as opposed to... A physical one. Yeah. Um, I was. I was. I was like. Even like when I started kickboxing, um, there was probably uh, a lot of pressure on you to like um, to give it your all, you know. And then we were. Re- I was rewarded when it happened, you know. Whether my dad in- intentionally meant to do that, I remember that happening. I remember. Um, you know, you go to the, the kickboxing gym, I was only a kid, so he would take me, he'd watch, and then it would be like, you know, uh, it was always like, you could have done a bit more. Like, uh, maybe I could have, I don't know, I was a kid, do you know what I mean? Um, but then when I fought, and I fought well, I fought bravely, um, it would be lavish with, with, with praise, you know? Uh, so, and it came from the coaches, um, and then also that element of competition, so you'd always wanted to be a winner. Just wanted to be first. Wanted to be wanted to be the best. Always like uh, so. It was always hard work, and as I say, talent. Don't 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 forget about the talent. Uh, a bit of intelligence. So you got to be a bit switched on, a bit astute. Like a bit. Don't you want to be vacant at the wheel? You've got to have a look around you. You got to absorb what you can, learn what you can, um, and then that um, yeah, that just just kept. Brown, I think. I think the fight in me is the the will to win, and then and then the pleasure that comes sort of with it. And then once you, and then the thrill. Yeah, as I say, from like being a little kid fighting on the the pro circuit in the kickboxing world to go to Epping Forest Country Club and there'd be lights and lasers and smoke and ring card girls and that. And I'm like nine years old, <laughs> and they'll ring walk me in, and there's like, and I'm fighting another kid, and it's a world title, but the kids from Basildon, I'm from fucking. Hammersmith. <laughs> I don't think they've gone through the rankings of the, the IKKMA sort of fucking best fighters in the world. Uh, they just put it there, you got your belt, you're, you're flying. Um, and that was always a dream, man. I was going to be like superstar, superstar like like Naz, the, the elaborate ring walks, the 
the praise and affection, the 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 fame and fortune, uh, and then yeah, by the time you get to the scent, the spotlights are on you, your championship level, you're in title fights, you're selling out arenas. Um, yeah, that's I mean that's the best bit, Coogan. That's the best bit when you're you're a man in the arena, like you just you fucking and that's at some point, some point, like that killer that killer streak comes comes in as well. Where you're you're um you're fucking ruthless, and it it will come from the sacrifices that you've you've made. You put yourself first, and it's easy to be selfish as a kid because you're selfish by nature. You know you you have to take care of anyone else apart from take care of yourself, and someone's probably taking care of you anyway. By the time you're a grown up, you suppose you've got responsibilities, and probably people you've got to take care of, mm. and you do do that in your own way. But it's all about you. Like you 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 demand the arena. Like the fucking you're the man. Have you had to fight demons in your life? Not now as such, but any demons? In what way? Well, just things that have been factors, like negative factors in your life, as opposed to, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not specifically talking about things in boxing, but just in your life. I think I've spoken to quite a few people that have kind of talked about yeah certain demons they've had mentally throughout their life like that's not really connected to boxing I wondered if that applied to you not really mate I can think of you know um, no I don't know I, don't, I, I wouldn't really know would, would, right. you, would you say would you say that you've at some point I suppose this is specific to your boxing career have you had to fight depression in your uh, probably, like, probably been fed up, you know, certainly had some highs and some lows, and the lows are lows, but, you know, I'm a bit, I sound a bit ruthless, a bit ruthless, even with the thought of depression, I'd be like, I'm, I don't think I've ever been, like, had a chemical imbalance in my brain where I wanted to kill myself, definitely not, but, um, the days where you've got to drag yourself out of bed, yeah. And you just get on with it, man. Just do it. Uh, there's loads of times in my career where I've been, if you feel like depression, like after after the second Frotch fight, that felt like depression. Um, but it's not something you can identify as actual depression. It's something that it was a bad stage of your life, but you wouldn't necessarily pin that down to depression. No, 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 no. I don't, it's, it's depression, and there's... If it's self-inflicted depression, like it feels like self self-loathing, or are you just worried or stressed out about things that are, that are not really good enough? That's not good enough to be depressed about. Man, I, I never used to walk around saying I'm blessed, but I always knew. I mean, where every every stage in my career when I felt what might have been depressed, I was in a better situation when I started you know what I mean um, so just, just, get, just, just, just get it done just, just keep going just uh, just keep going it's a good attitude to have it, obviously not everyone can do that do you know what I mean not everyone well, can do that well yeah maybe they can't do that that is a maybe, good maybe. attitude to have to, to almost fight through it whatever it is like you said you, you made this a reference you said I'm ruthless around depression, which is a good thing, isn't it? That you can put your 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 headspace into thinking that way. Yeah. 
No, sometimes I'll hear um, someone say they're depressed, and I think, are you really depressed? Like, or are you just a bit fed up? Like, people, you know, people being mean about you online. People being mean about you online. We'll put this out, and someone will call me fat. Like, I can get depressed about that, or does it really fucking matter, you know? Because uh, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm alright, I'm fucking happy with the way I look, mate. Uh, is what it is. Some days, some days I look better. Some better camera angles are better. But um, I ain't gonna get depressed about external things that, that don't matter. What people, what, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not. I'm not saying that you shouldn't care what, about what people think of you. Um, and then when I finished boxing, and people, you know, I remember Paul Smith saying he thought I was weird, right? And I was like, weird. Where did weird come from? And then when I thought about, it, I thought. Yeah, maybe maybe people do think I'm weird because I'm not like you know I would behave very differently in certain situations than other people would you know and um, I approach things differently. I have a different mindset. Say and for me it was always like uh, you know, sometimes I would think I'm just being ruthless. Like yeah, sure I don't care you know or I'm I'm so focused on the fight. Sometimes I see um, stuff in Eubank Junior that, that that reminds me of myself or the way it approach it where it's like. Uh, you can see he's putting his boxing first, rather than what's you know trying to appease appease people. But uh... I've always said you're weird. I've said it to you and loads of things. I've always thought you're a bit, a little bit off key, a bit weird. But I I think that's good. I think that's a good trait. Like I didn't realize. What's weird though? I I, I don't know what it is, and I can't really <laughs> I can't specifically say. But. I think, and I didn't realise it for probably about three or four, because I've known you for like over 10 years, 11 years. When did you fight to Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 2012 or 11? 11, yeah. 11. So I've known you as long as that, right? But I've always thought there was something a little bit, I don't know, quirky, eccentric, weird about you. Mm. But it's, I think that's a good thing, and I think it's a, it's a quality to have. So it's not, I've never said, I wouldn't just go, oh, you're a weirdo, Jules. Yeah. Whatever, Quirky's a nicer way to say Quirky. it. But, um, but I think, yeah, with, even with Eubank Jr., I like Eubank Jr., I think he's got a little bit of that in him. Not in the same kind of way as you, but, yeah, I, I can get why people would think you're weird, but, yeah, very, like, inoffensive <laughs> weird. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe that's the best way, rather than offensively weird. Yeah, um, yeah all right, that's cool. Yeah, it's, not, it's really not a dig. Might because you've fucking all these videos are done with you. I keep coming off weird in your videos. I just pick my nothing on weird. Uh, no, like I think <laughs> you're just weird, mate. Um, so in your life, you, your kids, your wife, etc., and you fought for your country, etc. Who, who's there for you? Like who's in your corner, so to speak, in life? That you uh, can yeah, my wife. Yeah, my wife. She's been there since the start. I've known her forever. She's. Um, She's there. She, I mean, she's perfect. She's my counsellor, so I don't need therapy, so I'm not depressed. I've ever had problems throughout my career, I could just talk it over with her. Um, come to a logical conclusion. She's usually pretty good at playing devil's advocate at times. Um, uh, at the same time, she'd do that to support me. If, if I had to make a tough decision, then she'd be like, yeah, no, you go with it. So she was great. My mum and dad are there, just um, wouldn't necessarily have a lot of uh, deep conversations with them in terms of like, 
processing them sort of problems because sometimes they would they would see think me we would just be on a totally different um wavelength because they, they would they'd be more conscious about uh they wouldn't like me being weird you know you know they don't want but they, they you know they, they'd be they're up they'd get upset when i get stick online you know stuff like that whereas i'm like oh, fuck it mum I remember saying to my mum, um, she's like, oh, calm it. She, she didn't tell me, but she wanted to tell me, calm it down before the first rock fight. She's like, you're getting a lot of heat. Like, uh, and I'm like, Dad, don't worry, mum. I said, I'm out there, I'll chin him. And then all these people, they'll, they'll know. And she's like, mm. And then, like, I think their proudest moment is, like, getting booed in and booed in at uh, up here in Manchester against Frudge and then cheered on the way out. Like, I lost that fight. First first fight, I lost as a pro, but I... They won't admit it, but that's probably their proudest moment. That and obviously winning the belt finally. So, but mum and dad always been there for me. Um, and like you know, most fighters have a couple of couple of pals, uh, close pals, some some out of boxing, some in the boxing that have come with me on the boxing journey and been there. My club coach, who coaches Mickey and Peter, still see them. They're still going strong. Um, so I had good foundations, like really good foundations, to help me uh, in the in the pro, you know, in the pro world. And all these people come before I even turn professional. So you know, it's it's tough. The, the program with money involved. You know, uh, I've had a, a couple of different coaches. Um, every promoter under the sun. You know, I've worked with everyone. Um, sometimes I fell out with these people. Sometimes not. But. Uh, I think it's, it probably does me well in the in the grand scheme of things because I've got a good I feel like I've got a good perspective on everyone because I'm not blindsided by having a you know an intimate relationship you know friendship with with a particular group of people or, uh, and I'm not dead against anyone else because everyone knows that uh, you know I've I've got. Got no real, real alliances as such, you know. And, I, I, and now my my world is commentating on on boxing, giving my opinion on boxing. I always try and give a, a straight and fair and honest, um, you know, opinion on whatever's going on because I'm not, you know, I'm not. There's no one who I have to who I have to uh, side with. Are you trying to insinuate that goes on in boxing? If you're with a broadcaster, you have to. It's, it's, it's not I'm even joking, that. I'm joking, I'm joking. But people don't get it. Listen, I, just before you, you tell what you're going to say, and I think like people listen to like a Johnny Nelson or whatever, and if he if he's pro about like a Sky Fire, it's all automatically judged as, oh, you're going to say that because he's a Sky Fire or whatever. But I think like well, for yourself, like you're, you're right in what you're saying because you're not specifically aligned to whatever. You are free, probably more free to have the complete opinion if that makes sense yeah i mean i'm not I'm not not restricted um and yeah i mean say johnny nelson for example obviously he's, he's tied to sky he's a sky man he's been there a long time but so he, it's going to be almost impossible for him to comment on anyone who's not on sky unless it's just you know nice kind fluffy pillow talk chat about someone else because um, if he's critical of anyone else who's not on Sky then obviously he's going to get thrown under the bus because he's he's digging out someone who's not on Sky but jo- Johnny's very good at doing his job like when you if I, if I sit down and listen to Johnny 
as a, as a, as a as a broadcaster, you're like he he answers for the for the masses, you know. Um, he's he's very good at he's he's very good at his job. Mm. Okay, final one. I can answer this as a, or you can interpret the question. It's very straightforward, as much as you want. <laughs> so, what still drives that fight within you today? What to even get up in the morning? What what are your factors? To that drive that fight in you today. So I like I like um, being involved in boxing. I like being involved in boxing, um, but you know, like like Carl Fox says, you know, um, he likes being involved in boxing, but he also he's got a life outside of boxing, and that's, that's kind of he's a couple of years ahead of me in, in terms of his retirement. His kids are a couple of years older than mine, and. And I do look up to him in that respect sometimes. Where I'm like, well, I, how's he thinking and feeling? You know, we've we've gone from enemies, but now we're pals, and we're in we're in a sort of a, a small little clique, you know, where retired ex ex fighters trying to navigate their their life after boxing, and you know, we we, we don't need to rush back into a, to a, to another job as such. We have got a bit more freedom, so we need to make the most of life, you know. Uh, it almost, it almost gets philosophical. So I think I like I've, there's there's still a bit of um, hustle involved in, in my job. You know, um, I don't get booked for every show, uh, so I've still got to put my name out there. And be like, listen, I want and I want to get really good at, for example, being being a commentator. You know, but I need practice for that to be to be really good to nail it down. So I need to put myself out there to make sure I get. My name at the front and booked and so you know I, I won enough to get on the telly. You know I won a world title when I was involved in big fights, but I didn't win you know everything where it would just be given to me. So I've got that's a bit of hustle, Guggen. That that's that's pretty cool. Starting my podcast, which is going really well. It's something I'm really enjoying. George Groves Boxing Club. The George Groves Boxing Club. So you know, there's like. Different type of people in the world. There's there's engineers who are, who are academic and want to and want to build, and then there's creative people who want to, you know, create. Um, and I don't really know exactly which which form I fit. And maybe and there are people that, that sort of fit both. But I've always been interested in, in the creative element. And for me here, this, the podcast is something really fun because it's, it's a little group of us who uh, try and do something a little bit different. Uh, Obviously, fun, interesting, um, and entertaining. Really, so ultimately, if you're a fighter, you're in the entertainment industry. It's always been about entertaining people. Um, so now the, the podcast is 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 the, the drive. Now it's it's the fun, but it is nice for me going to after spending you know a large chunk of my career on it, absolutely on it all the time, where I can just step back and relax and. You know, I think I think I might be in a in a in a more uh, you know, better 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 frame to sort of really enjoy some stuff because I've done the boxing already. You know, mm. I can enjoy a night off. Or, you know, go out for a meal with the with the missus, go out for a drink with the lads, take the dog for a walk. You know, as I say I take the dog for a walk. I love I love taking my dog for a walk. No, I'm not on the phone. Phone stays in the pocket. I don't got no music on. Got nothing. I'm out there. I'm listening to the birds. I'm watching the dog. Talking to the old dog walker. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying to catch up. 
with the wisdom of a retired 70-year-old. Like, what are you doing now, you know? And, I, and I'm not 70, so it's not going to be the same. But at the same time, what do they appreciate about life? Like, if I can, you know, if I can start enjoying it now, then uh, I've gained It's a good thinking, to be honest with you. Well, you know, you watch... Um, I, I, you know, I think I feel like I am older than my years in some ways. Because, you know, I'm at that, at that stage where I'm like, almost like things were better before. Like technology, I've had enough of technology now. Don't progress no more. I don't want driverless cars. I don't want AI robots delivering my, and, and drones delivering my Amazon parcels. Uh, I've just watched um, Yellowstone, the old Yellowstone, where they're migrating, 1883, where they're migrating across America and there's nothing there. I'm thinking, how cool would that be? He's just on a horse. And when he's not on the horse, he's just looking, taking his time, enjoying his life. Or not. Because there's a yin-yang in there, um, Coogan. You know, you can only get Andrew Tate, you know, he says that the best bit about being rich is sitting around talking about when you had nothing. Yeah, I've heard him say that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I get that, man. You tell me that you watch I'm a Celebrity and then... You know, your mother in law sitting next to you and she says, I would not eat that for a million. Don't sound like this, but for dramatic effect. I would oh. not eat that for a million pounds. And I'm thinking, I've been near death before, taking seven and a half kilos off for, well, pretty much for money <laughs> at this point. And I say, also, like, I've tried to rehab um, I don't know, a dislocated shoulder in three months when it needs probably 12 months. And that was fucking agony. I'd much, I'd much rather just sit there and eat them nuts. Like, uh, so you need, you need to suffer in life to to appreciate anything. So the more, the the harder stuff is, the more you enjoy it. The more you know, when you finally get there. And I've had that. I took me four attempts to win a world title. I fucking felt like I left chunks of myself, you know, in boxing to get there. And now, you know, I can, I, I can be more happy with it. If I'd, if I'd, if I'd, um, if I hadn't boxed Froch, if I'd boxed Noe Gonzalez, Dominican Republic guy or something, South American, come over here uh, for an interim belt and then they elevated me to full world title champion, would it be the same? Would it be the same without all the suffering, without the hardship, without the heartache, without the pressure and all the, the work? It wouldn't. It, no, no, it was a process in your life you had to go through. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the yin yang of everything, man. If it comes too good, then then panic because something bad might be coming. Okay. Um, what about you, mate? What about me, mate? I think we should save them for me on your. You want to do your one for you? All right, then. I think we should save it for the George Groves boxing podcast. Um, I, I still find it weird that <laughs> you and Frotch are like you call you refer to him as mates. Like, is it, are you actual mates? Would you call him a friend? Like. If you was renewing your we- uh, wedding vows, I actually come to your wedding, do you remember? Mm. You actually invite me to your wedding, do you remember this? Yeah, so that was um, two, uh, 2012, yeah. So we were in each other. I was there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, is he actually your mate? Like, this is just an off-key question. There's nothing to do with my yeah, scripts yeah, on yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you'd actually call him your mate? Yeah. No, I mean, I spent I spent quite a lot of time with him. Now we've done the we've done the tours and stuff like that. And as I say, we do have we do have quite a lot in common. Um, 
We are retired ex-world champions who are now finding their feet in 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 world after after boxing. And he's a couple of years ahead of me. His kids are a couple of years older, and he is a uh, a couple of years longer into his retirement. So I do um, I, I listen to him. I listen to him a lot because I'm like. He talks about he talks about he wants to come back fighting, and I'm thinking, is that what I'm going to be saying in two years' time, wow. three years' time? You never know. Like, um, uh, he's alright, Carl. I, I mean, not, I find talk about weird fun. people. He's definitely in that bracket as well. Yeah. And I, I listen. I've known Carl the same type long as I've known you, and he's got that in him. What I'm trying to explain about you, different ways, but there is something definitely weird about Frotch. In a good way, but some people just don't kind of get it. Like some people ain't going to get you. Some people ain't going to get you, Bank, or these people that we're talking about. But he's definitely in that mould. Yeah, well, he's different, isn't he? He's different, and he's um, yeah. No, he's uh, he, yeah. I mean, Cole sort of described Cole. You know, he he's he's got to be the man to describe himself. Um, to his credit, I I, I think a lot of his humour goes un unnoticed you know uh, or un- uninterpreted you know uh, and so that's that's tough for him he knows exactly what he's doing he always does but, but, every yeah, word he but knows but at, exactly at the time yeah you know he don't give a fuck man he don't give a fuck so the fight ain't left him in that respect um, you know he, there's no airs and graces about him he's, he's uh, he don't give a fuck and there's times in my life where I've definitely tried to approach that and, and have that and be unpredictable um but no one does it quite as good as, as Carl. The Cobra. Yeah, the Cobra. George Groves, uh, much appreciate your time. I really look forward to actually coming on yours. Cause, yes. Yeah, I'd like to yeah, roll reverse on this. Um, I'm sorry about this one. I feel like you asked, I should have given me the questions two weeks ago and then I could have dragged no, up I, some, listen, some things. This but... is hit and miss with this because I don't like doing that. I was suggested to do that, but I think then you overthink what's in front of you as opposed to get an answer. But I know there's a couple of questions there that where I've asked people before, they've usually thought about it while the podcast is kind of going on and gone, actually, no, let mm. me come back to that. But um, no, it's... Um, no, unless, unless I mean, like, you want to hit some, some dark, deep, you know, interesting, interesting uh, subjects, and then hopefully that can... People open up, and then maybe they can, you know, someone else can relate to it, and I can definitely understand where you're going with it and, and the thing, but... Um, I'm still a ruthless fucking fucker, you know, Coogan. Depression's like, it's, it's an option. But it's, I think that's a good way, I've, I, and I'm sure people listening would like like to be able to have that mentality. Some people can't or they won't. Mm. Yeah, so no, I, but I'd say I'm not a, a clinical psychiatrist, I'm not a doctor, so uh, if, it, if I've offended anyone, then... I'm then, sure you haven't offended anyone. Then, fuck, but, um, you know, that... I, de- I think I'd say I'll leave with this one my dad used to say to me be happy right <laughs> and I was like I say this all the time oh, oh, I'm right, sorry dad. and it's uh, like it's a choice well, then, is it not a choice is it not a choice why not why not be happy my dad was a painter and decorator and he's an artist so he's a painter every, every bit of painting he does a lot of thinking he's a deep thinker my dad and I was like might be his best work yet. Uh, be happy. Uh, if you're feeling sad, be happy. Yeah? Sounds like an instruction. Why not? Or oh, it could be. Um, yeah, it could be a choice.
George, thank you very much uh, again. And listen, like I said, I look forward to coming on to uh, the George Groves Boxing uh, Club. Mm. Uh, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been me, Coogan Cassius, with the Saint, George Groves. Make sure you comment, like and subscribe, and we will see you next week. You're out. Sports Social Podcast Network.